Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time you're listening. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being on my podcast, Confidence Mastery 2. It's all right. That's great use of both of our time, isn't it? <laughs> so, where do we start? Let's. I know a little bit about what you're about and where you've been and what you've been doing, but the viewers and listeners won't. So, do you want to just give us a little bit of your backstory and then maybe I'll do the same? Yes. So, I am Natalie Bailey. I'm a property developer, a confidence coach. I'm also a personal trainer. I used to run a boxing gym in Mallorca, which was a lot of fun. Um, and now looking to open a gym in the UK. Um, I help people to find themselves in the triangle of life. So we teach health, wealth and happiness. And I call it the triangle of life because you find yourself far from getting lost in a Bermuda triangle because no one wants to get lost today. So I'm a massive gym now. I'm a mere wall fan for my sins and um I do public speaking I'm the host of Confidence Mastery podcast which I see my listeners are listening to and your listeners will hopefully come and listen to too hopefully. um and I have red hair and I don't know how to shut up most of the time very <laughs> articulately put <laughs> so, is that what you would have said no because I haven't got red hair <laughs> I also don't know how to shut up. Um, So I'm Richard Stone. I'm a property developer, building contractor, um, coach, mentor, public speaker, and drone pilot. And I'm based... Yeah, yeah, drone pilot, yeah. So I'm based in Bedfordshire, um, in between kind of like the triangle between sort of Milton Keynes, Luton and Aylesbury. Um, and we do property projects in and around London and the M25 generally. Um, but we do some of the people that I mentor in a sort of much further afield. So, yeah, we've got stuff all over the place. Um, I was originally born in Birmingham, um, left when I was eight, went to move to Bristol, where I lived for about five or six years, and then moved to Buckinghamshire, which is kind of always been, so Butch Beds has always been like my home base. I've moved around like with Korea, um, with different jobs. So I was headhunted to run three companies um, at the age of 30. One was in a place called Rainford in St Helens. Um, one was in Bristol and one was in Chingford. So I spent a while sort of living in sort of hotels and doing flips um, and living in sort of building sites rather than paying hotel bills and stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, Interesting I'm story. doing all sorts of stuff. But my biggest passion is is mentoring and coaching and educating other people um, in in construction, in property, um, but in, in their own general sort of unlocking and understanding what their potential can be and then helping them to fulfil it. It's very fulfilling helping people do that, isn't it? Oh, massively. It's absolute. That's my soul food. If I yeah. didn't if I didn't have a mortgage, and because mortgages are good money, by the way, don't let people tell you they're not, and mm-hmm. they are. Um, if I didn't... Like if I didn't need to pay bills and stuff um, and support my family, that's what I'd do 100% of my time because I love it. Whether that's like young kids in pupil referral units or kids that are sort of like, even like kids that are still in school, I work with one charity that um, we do like talks in schools about different career choices and stuff. 
um, and even helping other business owners like understand where where they're at with their business and what they want to do. I just I'm a massive people person. I love people mm-hmm. anyway. I can't shut up. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that people always say to me is that the reason they like working with me is because I don't dress shit up. Mm-hmm. If there's a problem, I'll I'll be like in there like swimwear. I'm like right, what's the issue? Let's fight. This is it. And I'll go right, bang. That's the problem. And I won't you you won't ever get a ten thousand fucking page report from me or twenty thousand words about a problem. That's the problem. This is how we fix it. And that's yep. what people like because too many people in the coaching world just want to send like loads of bollocks and like oh yeah, oh, yeah invest in this twelve month program with me and I'll fix your business. Shut up, mate. You fucking fix it in about three weeks. Not hard, and I, I, that's that's just how I am. I can't, I can't yeah. be any, I can't be who I'm not. And you know, I haven't always like showed up as who I am. Um, one of the things that we talked about, which is the subject of my TEDx, is actually about um, people wearing costumes in business and mm-hmm. showing up as who they think, who they think the world wants to see, rather than who they actually are. And I know who that's something that, that you're quite passionate about, isn't it? Definitely. Um, like we have masks that we put on to to certain people, behave in a certain way around certain people. And I used to do that so much. And like I was saying to you earlier, like in the past year, I was just going, do you know what? This this is it. I am the same person in every single situation. Sometimes I might swear a bit less, <laughs> but I, I've I never just... witnessed that. <laughs> so funny when we're in a clubhouse room and I'll say right so something I can't remember what it was I said um oh oh, that was it something about uh people just think you're an ass and Anne said I wouldn't put it quite like that but you're right (laughs) (laughs) but that's just that's just the way I speak and I used to struggle to get my words out sometimes because I'm trying to find the right words to appease the people in front of me and when I just stopped people pleasing and had the confidence to say, this is what I think, this is who I am, and this is how we improve, my words got better. Mm. I got I was probably more sweary, but that's that's part of the mirror in me, I guess. Yeah, you know, but it, it's part of you. And and yeah, it probably is thanks to the Millwall, because you never meet a Millwall fan who don't swear. He doesn't swear. Millwall fans. And yeah, that's, um, that's, that's coded very much into their DNA, but... I think I think part of it is I had a conversation with someone probably three years ago now, um, no longer than that, when I first went to see a counsellor. And I literally, I'd known for a while that my head was a bit of a shed, um, but didn't have the courage to deal with it. And I, I yeah. literally one day I just thought, I can't, I need to go and talk to someone. So I did a video about it the night before. So I recorded this like little 60 second video just saying, like, my head's a fucking mess. I'm going to go and see a counsellor. And I sent this video to my NLP coach, um, and he rang me and went, do me a favour. He said, change your password on LinkedIn. Don't post this fucking video. It's the worst thing you'll ever do. Um, I sent it to my 16-year-old son who lives with my ex-wife, and he said to me, Dad, I'll be so proud of you if you'll, like, put that out there. He said, because you don't know who you might help. Yeah. Um, I sent it to my mum and dad and my mum was like, your dad's on a conference call in Honolulu, I think it was. Um, don't do anything until you've spoken to us because this is like, this will just fucking be the death knell for your business if you do it. Yeah. My wife was really supportive. So I went, fuck it. And I just did it. 
And I had a message from some. I had loads of messages the next morning. I did it at like half five, six in the morning, I think. Right. And by seven o'clock, I had like loads. I had customers checking in with me, going, "Are you okay?" But and I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm all right." Um, but I'd had over twenty five people message me and say, "I can't believe you've done that." That's given me the courage to go and actually get some help myself. And that for me was really, it was a massive milestone in just, yeah. do you know what? Fuck the world. I'm showing up as who I am. If you don't like it, jog on because I ain't interested. And I think from there, really, that's when I've kind of like started to more, more show up as who I am and not worry about what other people think. Um, but I've got a really interesting comment from a geezer who's also actually, ironically, a Millwall fan. <laughs> Um, and he definitely doesn't dress his words up. And he went, yeah. see you, it's all right for you, you can't. He said, you don't have to worry about having like a boss or like a company structure or like a, a like an American arm that, that will worry about how you speak or what you say or or that you're not towing the company like brand guy. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. It, you don't even understand what a luxury that is. And for me, that was kind of like, because I'd done the video and I'd already like realised that it actually helped a few people. Yeah. That was like, it was done deal then. I knew I had to do it. But it was almost like that. That was just the icing on the cake. That geezer saying to me, it was like someone throwing the gauntlet down. And that's why there's nothing I won't, as long as I, as long as I know enough about the subject to talk about it. Yeah. Because I won't talk about stuff that I'm not. Knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowledgeable about. There is nothing I won't talk about. Because there's I think that that's, that's absolutely that right. But but people do. They worry about what they what they can and can't say or yeah, perceive to what they can and can't say because like that guy said, if if the company doesn't approve, which is exactly what I used to do, and like my 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 mum's my business partner, she said, like, you can't say that. We've got investors. I'm like, well, if they don't agree, I don't want to work with them. Like if they can't see that that's who I am, yeah. and you know, I'm I had a conversation with a coach recently, like, I'm not troubled, I have troubles. And that was a massive realisation for me as well, because I've just kind of went through this period of my life thinking, I'm just troubled, I'm, I'm damaged goods. But actually, no, it's that there are troubles, we deal with them. But then having the courage to speak out and go, okay, this is what's going on, and then you help someone, like, that's so freeing to be able to do that. Like, mm. if you hadn't done that, imagine, like, what would you be doing now? I'd be stuck working some, like, RC company, I think. <laughs> not doing, not doing, not doing what I want to do, not doing what I enjoy doing. Um, and I definitely wouldn't feel fulfilled. I'd probably be more wealthy. Well, no, undoubtedly I'd be more wealthy, but I wouldn't feel as fulfilled. And that's, I think that's for me the difference is kind of, and it was quite interesting when I sat down with my coach at the end of last year and went through my value stack. But the values were no different, but the priority, like the order that they appeared in, was very yeah. different. So yeah. now my highest value is education, which is why I'm like, I love learning because, yeah. and, and ironically, I hated it. Hated school. Right, the only reason I went is because the fag shop was there and the rugby pitch. 
I had, and, and also I fancied a girl in DC who's actually ended up being my, my wife. But um, yeah. Congratulations. I yeah, yeah, we both went off and married the wrong people and then got divorced and got together about 10 years ago. Oh, well done. Yeah, so, but no, I hate school. And that's why I'm like, like we're not, we're, I think I would say that we're probably, we're firm with our kids, but we're not like harsh with them. Yeah. Because education comes in many different formats. It's not all just about what you can learn in a classroom. Oh, definitely not. I used to love school. Did you? I was, I was bullied. I was the boffin. I was the teacher's pet. And you were a boffin, Bailey the boffin. Wow, I never would have had you found as being a boffin. Yeah, like book smart, really, really smart, like in terms of school, all the way, all the way through until I got to sixth form. And I was like, because all, all, like, as I was growing up, I was like, I'm either going to Oxford or Cambridge. And that's that's what I wanted. Got to sixth form, and I was like, fuck this, I've had enough. Like, I just, I just turned, it just absolutely 180 degrees turn around. I, I can't I can't be in this 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 kind of learning environment anymore. And I still got <laughs> I still got A B B in my A levels without revising. No way. <laughs> wow. And then I just spent, I don't know, the next 10 years not doing any kind of like formal education until I went and retrained as a PT and I did my life coaching degree and stuff like that. And I've done so much more since then and other learning in a different way. Mm. Sitting, so I just, I can't, I just, I lost the love for it and then found it again in a different way. Mm. What, so that 10 years, what did you spend doing? Because I'm sure you would have learned a lot. You wouldn't have not learned anything. No, I, might, did, I did Just learn might just not class as a learning environment. Yeah. So, well, to be fair, in that time, I did do my PT training. Um, but I quit my job and got on a plane to Mallorca. I just went, I'm off. <laughs> just was like, fuck it, I'm going. Quit my job, got on a plane. I was supposed to be there three months and I ended up living there for nine years. Wow. So, yeah. And I guess in that time I learned Spanish, I learned business, I ran bars, I ran a boxing gym. Mm. Um, I, I managed other businesses. So I learned a lot but from that perspective and like about people, you know, talking to different cultures and... Mm you know, trying to navigate your way around this, like, different world. Um, so that's that's what I did in Mallorca. And then fucking pandemic happened. And then I fucked off to Barbados and nearly died. So, <laughs> you nearly died? Wow. What happened there? Yeah. I had a car accident on the way to the gym. Um, and it did. It's, it's hit me now, but I don't think it hit. It didn't hit me for a while. Because I'm on the way to the gym, same road I drive down every morning. It's a Friday morning, like eight o'clock in the morning. And the car's just, I hit a pothole and the car rolled and it was facing the other way. And ironically, was there was a um, mechanics behind. And they, the, the next thing I knew, there was like five guys were coming over. I'm climbing out the car and they're pushing the car up the right way. Um, and somehow I only had two bruises called the car rental company. They bought me a new car and I drove home. <laughs> wow. So I think that's why it didn't really, it didn't register. Yeah. At the time. And I think I slept for about three days. I probably had a concussion. Um, like no medical, no nothing. And then just cracked on with my life. 
And then I really sat down and thought about it. And I was like, okay, this has given me something to think about. There's a reason that this has happened. I already know life's too short to be miserable. So I then went and put some other plans into place to make life better and and to progress and do things. Because I thought someone was looking after me. Something was looking after me there. Because that could have gone... Yeah, very, very easily that could have been curtains. Yeah. And that gave me even more confidence in, in what I was doing to go, we need to do as much as we can whilst we have this time on this earth. Because otherwise, what's the point? Because it could just all end tomorrow. It could end today. So you need to enjoy what you're doing and be happy and successful and in whatever way success right, means to you. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing that people need to start to realise and understand is not to measure their success with other people because oh, we're, we're, on a di- we're on a different path on a totally different path so as long as you're doing better than you were yesterday and uh, accepting actually that you're going to have days where you feel like shit and you're not going to do anything and just say okay I'm going to I'm going to take this emotion in I'm going to I'm going to let myself experience it and I'm going to feel sad and then that's it right now we move on because otherwise it's all consuming and then you never get out of bed. You never get out of bed and depression's a fucker. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, my wife suffers with it. So, yeah, I've seen firsthand the devastation that it causes to not just the person that's suffering, but actually, like, the wider sort of family as well. Um, yeah. Like, parents, especially sort of, like, her parents are, like, almost 80. So, like, they're of that generation that that sort of thing is not even on their radar. So, yeah, yeah it's... um. It's not definitely not a nice place to be. So, wow. So you've definitely been through the mill, I think it's fair to say. So fast forward to sort of now then, and sort of I know you from sort of like different property stuff and clubhouse, but you've got a really diverse range of sort of things that you're involved in. And the one thing that you just sort of said there about living for the now, I couldn't agree more because we both work and coach other people and Coaching, it is about helping people to sort of reach their goals, reach their dreams, un- unlock their potential and sort of mm-hmm. set those goals. But one of the things that, especially with young people, I always try and talk about is actually it's great to have a goal, but it's about the journey as well. Yeah. Because there's no That's point striving for a goal and being miserable to get there, to think that the destination is going to be great because you may never get to that destination. Mm-hmm. so enjoy try and enjoy the, the, the process way. yeah because yeah. exactly. that that mindset of i'll be happy when mm. yeah i'll be happy when that happens but i need to you need to be happy that you're making progress towards the goal as well yeah exactly and like breaking it down and celebrating the little wins along the way like for example like the gym i have the, the goals i have in the gym like all right okay i'm gonna hit this weight but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen immediately. So you don't get strong just by going to the gym once. You go through repeated consistency, through having the discipline to go, and through that repeated motion. So I can't just go it. Well, I can, I can now. But <laughs> you, a person can't just go into the gym and pick up a 150-kilo deadlift. You have to build up to it. So any goal you have in business, in life, you need to appreciate the, the steps towards the end goal and then when we reach the end goal celebrate it and set a new one yeah keep moving forward that's the thing 
and yeah. but move forward. Like my mindset coach has got this thing about staying in your lane and like having like your different teams that you're involved in. But but also I think it's important that like the whole comparison thing, you know, you can only compare yourself against you. And I've been massively guilty. And even now, like even today, right, I looked at someone's Insta and I'm like, how have you managed to do that amount of sales last year? How have yeah. you done? And I'm like, why are you wasting the breath thinking about it? Stop. So Stop. We, all ca- we all catch ourselves doing it. And it was quite interesting. I was listening to... Um, uh, what's his name? Stephen Bartlett's podcast. Because I'm Emma James yeah. English are probably my two favourite podcasts at the moment. And um and James English because he just interviews some proper naughty people and I just think it's funny. I have to look that up. I've not seen it. James yeah. English. Oh, you've got to get on it. James English right, interviews some properly naughty, naughty people. What do you mean by naughty? Like seriously naughty. Like, okay. Like who did I listen to the other day? Bill Gardner. Okay. Like proper like yeah. Yeah, they're going to football for a different reason, let me tell you. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Roman Kemp was sort of talking about like different, like the way that people damage their mental health by comparing where they're at to like, what other people have achieved, but also what other people think that, that, that you should be achieving. Mm. And it's so true. People do get caught up in, well, I should have done more or I should have done this or that person's done that. Why haven't I done that? It's... It's not a difficult place to find yourself in, even when you know you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're like in a group of people, you've got like online, like Facebook groups, for example, you've got people posting their successes. Yeah. I've done this. I've raised this much money. I've got this many properties. I've done. And it's like, okay. But you might have an extra 40 hours a week that I don't. Yeah, exactly. And that's what people are forgetting. The, the effort that they put in where they started from is different. Yeah. Like, what? Who's in their network. Exactly. And, like, the network is what makes it. Yeah, of course it is. No one's doing it on their own. No. Like, I beat myself out of, like, I, I'm just like, I'm just this girl from Millwall. Oh, I'm from above, but I'm just this, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm no one. I don't think anyone's anyone. You're just a human being. Yeah, exactly. And then what, what have I done? I've, I worked with my mum, we've invested in ourselves and I've got multi-millionaire mentors that I would never have put myself in a room with five years ago. And now I've got Gerald Ratner and Alfie Best on my retreat. Like, if I can do that in the space of five years, anybody can achieve what they want to achieve provided they're not looking at it and thinking, oh, she's done better than me. But I'm, I, want, I want something different than you. Well, so them two are speaking at your retreat. So Gerald was at my retreat last year and Alfie did a talk for us. Wow. And the one in Barbados this year is going to be the same and we're doing it at Alfie Best Villa in Barbados this year. Get you. I'm not yeah. worthy. <laughs> Fair play. That's awesome. Yeah. But that's come because I've put myself in front of those people. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. We did the, the Cayman Legacy with Progressive. Mm-hmm. And they don't do it anymore. But the first one we went to was Dubai and then the next one was actually in Cayman. Oh, was that the one Andy Hubbard was on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we were at the Ritz having brunch, as you do. As you do, and... when you're from Melbourne, yeah. <laughs> as you do, when in Rome. And Rob and Gerald are sat next to each other and I'm talking to the other delegates and I went, right, I'm like, that's it, I'm going in. <laughs> I'm going in. 
And I've got a picture of me with my arms around Rob and Gerald. Because I just went and put myself in the middle of them, started having mm. co- these conversations. And from that, became friends with Gerald. We spoke, we speak, speaking, spoken a lot. Taking him up for um, his birthday. He's come on my retreat. Like, I know, like, like we became friends because I just went, mm. right, I'm going to, I'm going to have you in my, yeah, exactly, in my network. Yeah. yeah. But it helps that I like him. Like, it's not, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go and try to continue having a relationship with someone I didn't like and respect. Yeah, you can't, so, you can, can you? Because not, there's no sincerity there. No. And, you know, that's, that's worked well. And the fact that I do like and respect him and, you know, he's, he likes and comments on my posts and we check in with each other. And um, he has said that he wants to get involved with my gym. So oh, wow. there's lots of good things that come from having a confidence to just go up to someone and go, hello. Yeah, massively. What a, do you know what? That's wicked, isn't it? Because there's like Gold's gym and you've got the gym with the gold man. Yep. <laughs> Go cool, that. Yeah, Don't, definitely. Where's my site? So have you found a venue? Have you found? I a venue am yet? absolutely struggling like fuck to find a venue, to find a site. Um, so I'm gonna have to expand on what it is that I'm I'm looking for. I didn't want an industrial unit, but it might have to be that that's where we start. Mm-hmm. It's why, like as why know, why not an industrial unit? Because what I want to create is something different. Mm-hmm. It's I wanted, you know, like the Weatherspoons model? Yeah. They take beautiful old buildings of character. I wanted mm-hmm. something like that, that people go, oh, wow, I really want to be in here. Mm. But equally, that doesn't mean I can't create that inside if the outside doesn't look great. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, but as... You, it's just fit out, it's just plasterboard and they're meant for it, ain't hard. Yeah. As you know, like the, the, the cost of construction's gone up, the cost of manufacturing, like everything, everything. Oh, yeah. So... And, you know, we've spoken about trying to make the numbers work mm. and I'm struggling and it's annoying me because this is the thing that I really, really want. You'll it's, get it. It, it's it's the, the community-based gym where people come and like, they feel a part of a family. Like after two years of isolation and horrendous stuff and people being apart, I know that people need exercise for mental health. It's not just about the way you look, it's how you feel, it's the way you connect with people and having that space, that safe space to go to, to be, to be, and to be you. So where were you thinking of like geographically? Because I know you, you mentioned to me before about a unit in Stortford, but that's a fair trek from where you are. But I know you've got developments in other places. So. Yeah, so I'm be, I've been looking in Essex and um, I'm happy for Essex. It's a good demographic. What I want to create will work there. It's not going to work probably where I'm living at the moment, but I don't intend on living here forever. Like, I'm, right. I need the sun. <laughs> like, England is not a long-term thing for me, mm. so it's just about getting this business going with the gym, with the community-based thing, and, like, there's, there's quite a few different forces to it. And get it managed, get it run, and then start to create more of them. And, like, we just go... Global. That's the long-term goal. Mm-hmm. But that's as we were saying earlier about goals. It's good to have, and then the milestones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So you've got some other properties that you're involved in. Do you want to sort of talk about what else you're involved in? Because I know that there's quite a quite a few different sort of different yeah. parts to your business world, isn't there? 
yeah so the development that we've got on at the minute um it's a former care home 20,000 square foot that we are converting to 31 two and three beds terrace bungalows it's a single story um we started build July last year and we now only have five remaining to be sold wow and the show home is still not ready <laughs> So you've sold them off plan effectively then? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And well, whereabouts is that? That is in Mildenhall. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know where Mildenhall is. Yeah. So that's that's a really good site. It's got and it lends itself well to our community um based thinking, like better together, people need people, right? So it's got courtyards, it's got three courtyards, and so people can, you know, get to know their neighbours. Mm. Like, do you remember being a kid? The it was a long time ago, but yeah, I do just, just rub it in, in a little bit more. <laughs> in and out of each other's houses. Yeah. You just knock on the door, you're coming out to play, you knew what your neighbours' names were. Oh. I think, don't you think that that kind of society needs to come back to life? Yeah, without a doubt. People need to have kind of like more confidence in their community, more invested in the relationships they've got with their neighbours and like we live in a very, very, it seems like a very sort of transient sort of community now. People don't bother investing time. And I say right. this kind of like with one foot in the SA camp because obviously <laughs> that's the complete opposite. Um, but that's a business model. But people don't tend to invest the time in getting to know their friends. And that isn't that isn't just because the home ownership model's changing. I think that's because society's changed. I think people are a lot busier. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, people have got a lot more going on in their life these days than perhaps they would have done before. And I think also, you know, as human beings, we're hardwired for connection. Before we're anything else, that's what we're on this planet for is connection. Now, if we can get that connection through social media, through talking to yeah. people that we've got, I mean, we've all, we're all the same. We've all got big circles of people that we meet at networking and different events that we know and we sit meet in the room. But then we've also got big networks of people that we may never have actually met. So yeah. we can still get that sense of connection without actually meeting anybody face-to-face, which means that mm-hmm. the people that are in your postcode, you may not actually connect with. And that can be quite dangerous. I've just read this really interesting book called The Echo Chamber. My wife bought me it, and I'm murder. I think I've done, I've done nearly 30 books since Christmas. So I love reading. Um, yeah. But a lot of what I read is kind of like educational stuff. Yeah. Um, so she bought me this book by a, a, an author called John Boyne. Because um, I also like looking at different styles of writing because obviously I'm writing books as well. So I want to like educate myself from that perspective as well. Um, and this book about the echo chamber is fascinating because if you've got people that, if you only network with people that you've got something in common with, whether that's property, whether that's investing, or whether that's SAS, or whether that's Millwall Football Club and you're in groups with that, or whatever your shared interests are, and you've got groups of people that you haven't really got anybody questioning your opinion. Whereas if you're friends with the next-door neighbour and they've got a different different opinion, it makes you rethink things a little bit. You might not change your position, but it makes you think twice about the opinion you've got. And I think we're in danger of losing that. Yeah. I never want to get on with everyone. No, exactly. Like, boring, how, how boring. 
<laughs> I think it's important to have good, honest, open debate. Like, if I don't agree with you about something, I want to know why you believe what you believe so exactly. I can understand it. And yep. that way we get to actually know each other better. Mm. And you don't have to agree with someone to be friends with them. Yeah, I mean, you can have a difference of opinion on things. Like, I know a lot of a lot of the people in my circle don't agree with a hell of a lot of the stuff that I, I speak about. But that doesn't mean we don't get on. We, we talk about it like adults and then have a laugh about something else. Yeah, exactly. As long as you've got stuff that you do get on with, then, then that's fine, isn't it? And I think but... it's, it's important to have, to have the confidence to be able to have those grown-up conversations and you know, question each other and not fall out about things. So you were talking earlier about, like, how it took you posting that video to just suddenly start to showing to be your true self. Was there, like, an actual pivotal moment that made you do that video that made you go, like, this is this is what I'm going to do from here on out? Was there a pivotal moment? Um, was there a pivotal moment? I think the recognition... I think the recognition that I needed to do something about my mental health was th- was that big for me because I come from a family like a long family of like where it's not you don't even put them two words in the same fucking sentence. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mental health, what's that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the recognition that I needed to do something about my own mental health was was massive. Um, I was in a mentoring group in Ireland. Um, at the time as well, which was an amazing, really good mastermind group. Um, and they suggested that because I'd been like supporting my wife through her depression and her mental health stuff, that I should I should go and see a counsellor. And that was where like the initial kind of like idea came from. And I think I just thought, you know what, I've spent so long like trying to please other people, trying to like I think the big, the big, a big challenge I had was I worked on the tools. I went into site management and I was really successful. I worked really hard. I really massively educated myself. It, but my first marriage failed because we, we weren't really meant to be married. We were the wrong people for each other. But but also mm. I threw myself into my job so much that I was just never there. I was like yeah. the absolute opposite of being omnipresent. Um, <laughs> I was just like vacant, um, and I was like. I always had this thing that I was managing people that were like in their forties and fifties, and I was like twenty-three years old. Yeah. To the point that I actually thought about dyeing my hair grey. Now, nowadays, I don't need to. Naturally <laughs> grey. Um, but I always had this thing about like right going back to when I was like ten years old and I fell off stage wearing a costume in a school play and no one knew it was me. So I always had this thing about wearing a costume, and I just thought, Do you know what? Enough's enough. Mm. Enough's enough. If I'm going to get out of counselling what I want, I've got to show up as who I am. And I think mm. that was kind of like the turning point for me, I think. What would you say to other people that are struggling to do that because they're worried about people judging them? What would I say? Because I think, I think that that's the biggest thing for people when they, they struggle to show up as themselves. Mm. Not just that they, they, they want to please other people, but they're worried that people are going to put them down or judge them or, you know, not talk to them anymore. Yeah, that's, do you know what? That's that we need to get over. That's a, that is a very real fear. Um, and there's two things that I would say. 
<clears throat> one, is, one is that, you know, most people can relate to having either gone to a concert or seen someone sing or do comedy on stage. And most people that have seen that have also probably seen someone fall flat on their ass where a joke's not landed or someone's voice is not great. I mean, Rod Stewart got hammered recently for, he was one of my big idols, got hammered recently and told he should stop singing. But in reality, nobody wants that person to stand on stage and be shit and not be very yeah. good. Yeah. And that's the same with human beings. Nobody really wants to see somebody fail. No. So if someone is prepared to be courageous and actually say, do you know what, actually, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't actually feel great or, you know, I'm struggling with this, the overwhelming majority of society will be like, oh, well, okay, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that that's 100% because let's have it right. In this world, there are tossers, there are dossers and there are wankers. And, yep. you, and, th- and then there are just some people on a whole other level that starts with C. You can't swerve that. They, they do exist. But the overwhelming majority of people are good, kind-hearted, well-natured, well-intended people. And they will recognise the vulnerability that you're showing, the courage that that takes to show up as that person. And they will want to support you. Yeah, they will. People are nicer than we give them credit for most of the time. Look at, Do you know what? Look at what happened. I mean, I know now Boris is trying to like shaft all the NHS stuff, but mm-hmm. look at how society came together to support the NHS. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I remember um, Mark Stokes said to me about his first, I think it was his first um, public talk, and he was told that most those people there, they want to see you succeed. Yeah, they don't want to see you fall on your ass. Of course they don't. And it, it takes... It takes guts, it takes courage to stand up on stage and, and tell your story and be vulnerable and mm. like whatever whatever stage that is, whether that's posting a video on social media, even just telling your husband or your wife or your friend that you feel yeah, really in a minute. But that person's there most of the time to help you. And the, the grassroots things that come from like supporting the NHS and coming together and like you say, that just does prove we want people to do well we want people to be okay there's a massive distinction in this country and there's a big disconnect between the average working person whatever class they're in is irrelevant and what the media portray mm-hmm. you know the, the media love building people in england and this is not the same across the world you'll know this from your time abroad but in america as well it's also very different but in this country, we build people up, we pedestalise people in the media solely so that we can kick the fuck out of them on the way back down. Yeah. The general public don't do that. The general yeah. public don't want to see Prince Harry absolutely ruined in the newspaper every week. That's not what they want to see. So then we have to question why, then why are the media doing that? Because the media is absolutely, like, just horrific organisation that's run by a few people with very specific interests. And it's based around it's what they believe will sell newspapers. Yeah. So then, then we have to think, right? So that's what sells. Bad news sells. But we don't want bad news. Most people don't. But if you look at the amount of newspapers that are sold nowadays versus what was sold 20 years ago, yeah. the numbers are absolutely... Well, it's good you can get everything online. Through the floor, yeah. 
But like I'll, I'll go in, I'll go into Tesco after the gym, for example, and I look at, I look at the newspaper stand, and I look at the headlines, and my face just goes. <laughs> for those listening, and obviously you're listening, we're talking face to face. My face screwed up as if I just eaten a prune, but <laughs> like, and I just, I just see these headlines, and I think, are people buying into this shit? And how do we how do we stand up and fight fight back against that and put the good out in the world? By using the platforms that we've got available to us and being prepared to show up and be courageous and vulnerable and talk about stuff that we care about. That's all we can do. Yeah. Have your things like these podcasts. Exactly. And what a brilliant way to draw a close to what's been a really fantastic conversation. Natalie, that's been absolutely awesome. I thoroughly enjoy talking to you. I could undoubtedly okay talk to you for hours um if people want to reach out and sort of get to know more about you or, or connect with you directly what's the best place to find you any social media platform natalie arabella bailey or come and find the podcast uh, confidence mastery we are doing a massive big rebrand relaunch very very soon which i'm very excited about new images new artwork new, new natalie's face <laughs> brilliant um but yeah instagram facebook they're the best places to find me, Natalie Arabella Bailey. And have the courage to speak out and ask questions. Like, where can people find Richard? People can find me via my link tree, which has got all my socials on it, interviews, books, all sorts of stuff on there, um, which I'll put in the show notes. And I think Natalie will do the same. So. I will. You just took the words out of my mouth. If you Brilliant. can leave people with one tip for having the strength to speak out and the courage to speak out when they're in trouble, what would it be? What would it be? Simple. Skill set without mindset equals upset. Never neglect your mental health. Never know you're right. Without without that what do you have exactly very good I think that's an amazing thing to, to end on so thank you very much for your time thank you thank you thank you very much for listening make sure that you check Richard out and we will see you on our next one bye <laughs>